We are discussing today chapter 24 out of the 26 chapters, Yirat HaChet. Yesterday we finished the subject of, finished, the subject of Anava, um, and now we're moving on to Yirat HaChet. So let's see what he says. Chapter 24, the beginning of the chapter. This is listed after everything we have said so far. Obviously a very, very hard midah to attain. There are, in fact, when we talk about the fear of God, two that are three categories. The first one, again, for me it's always embarrassing when I read these words because as far as Ramchal is concerned, the first one is easily attained, okay? Kalam od lahasiga, ein dava kal kamahu. There is nothing easier than this. Vahashnia kasha, and the second and the third, because the second and third divides the two, are the hardest. So, what is the easy, as I say, the easy form of yirat Hashem that uh, Ramcha refers to? That a person would fear to transgress the word of God. Um, why, why do I uh, find this challenging? Because we, even this level that he says is a, uh, a very, very easy level, we find very difficult. We're, very, we're, we're afraid of many phenomenon in the world, but we don't relate them to God. You know, we're afraid of terrorism, we're afraid of uh, natural disaster, we're afraid of corona. Uh, but we're afraid of them on our lowly level for them themselves. We, we do not understand or, or we have not internalized the, uh, the depth of what happens to us. You know, there's a Gomorrah um, in... I believe Sanhedrin, you know, in Perek Chelek, and it's, it's talking about different signs or different phenomena of the time of Geula. It speaks about that Pnei Hadok Pnei HaKelev, that uh, at the time of Mashiach, the face of the generation will be like the face of a dog. That peculiar, well, what does that mean? You know, all searching to understand what exactly is meant by that comment, Pnei Hadok Pnei HaKelev? My Rebbe said in the name of Reb Chaim, and uh, again, i never seen it myself, and I think it was Reb Chaim Mivelozhin or Reb Chaim Soloveitchik, Reb Chaim Mivelozhin, he said, Pnei Hadok Pnei HaKelev, he said, and this isn't, uh, we are not suggesting that you do this, but he is explaining that this is a phenomenon. If you hit the face of a dog, how will a dog react with a stick? If you, if you smite a dog with a stick, what will the dog do? The dog will jump at the stick. As is Reb Chaim, this is the, the reality. This will be the reality of the generation of the Mashiach at the end of days, our days, that uh, when we are being smitten, we jump at the stick but not at the one who is holding the stick so we are smitten by corona we are smitten by 
war. We are smitten by many, many bad things. Um, but instead of looking to our Kodesh Baruch Hu, we look to the phenomena themselves. So we, we do have a fear of bad things. But unfortunately, we are not at this easy madrega, according to Ramchal, where we understand that these bad things are in fact coming directly from God. Now, this isn't strange to us, right? Because if you take a, a bekeus look through Sefer Shoftim, or we've discussed this in class, you take a bekeus look through Sefer Shoftim, then you'll see that the, the, the Psukim say time and again, we behave badly and therefore we suffered physically. The Tochacha says that. We have no end of sources in, in Torah and Nevi'im that, that point to the fact that things that are happening to us are happening because God is punishing us for certain things. Now, the enormous difference, ocean of difference between Tanakh and today is that we have no one to instruct us. We do have rabbis who get very, uh, you know, affected by things and they stand up in their pulpits and they say, this happened because of this, this happened because of this. But more often than not, this doesn't have a, a soothing effect. It, it, it's more of a chilul Hashem, right? Because how does a rabbi know that the rabbi is not a navi? So, so we know God is speaking to us when things happen. We don't know why they're happening, right? We're left open, you know, you... Corona happened, and, and every every thinking person is left to try and work out why. What were the messages? There are so many possible messages. The problem is we don't get some kind of uh, bolt of lightning out of heaven to tell us that this interpretation is correct and this interpretation is wrong. So it, it is a it is a, it is a humbling comment here of, of the Ramchal. It's a, because he said the lowest level, the easiest level, which anyone can do is Yirat Hashem uh, of, of Yirat HaOnesh of being petrified of being punished by God and we are, we're petrified of these punishments but that connection that connects it to God is uh, <coughs> very much missing in our lives and uh, this doesn't mean you're not Mishadel to find a vaccination or a cure for Corona but it does mean that you understand that it says Nativot Shalom Vikra Hashem that God is talking to us. God speaks to us all the time. We don't always understand what He's saying. We, you know, we don't always understand what the message is. So this is we're not even speaking about this Yura in this chapter. We're speaking about a different type of Yura, which is one category which He divides into two. Hamin Hasheni. This is the higher level of fear of God, and therefore it's in chapter 24 of the book. This fear of God is a fear of awe, to be in awe of God. It takes us all the way back to the reality of Gan Eden. When, you know, when we talk about Sneot, it's a very difficult subject. You know, when girls come to the Midrashat out of high school, uh, they are not at the uh, learning level or the religious level to sit down and understand the, the rationale behind Sneult. And it's generally presented, therefore, as, as, you know, school code, which either people who are mensch, you know, they choose to respect, and other people choose to ignore. 
But to sit down and it, it can be explained, sniut, in words, but whether it's going to be appreciated or understood is a different question altogether. Uh, the source of sniut goes all the way back to Adam v'chava, and also the source of sniut in Shulchan Aruch goes back to the same theme of Adam and Chava. It's not about boys and girls per se. Boys and girls and uh, various uh, guidelines are a twig of a branch of a tree. But the tree of sniut, the, the time when sniut comes up the first time, with Adam and Chava, they eat from the tree that they shouldn't have eaten from. They become very much aware of their nudity at the same time as being aware of God. And because they're aware of God's presence, they start to cover themselves up. So what does that really mean? And this, it, it comes in the Shulchan Aruch, the Halachot of Beit HaKiseh, the Halachot of going to the Sherotiv. How do I behave when I'm on my own? Do I behave differently? Do I behave? Do I have less nilt? Uh, and if I behave differently, it, it, it really reflects the fact that I'm not aware of God's presence. If when you're on your own in your room, you imagine that, that a person you really respect is standing there, then you will refrain from doing a lot of stuff. And so this is, a, a, a person isn't prepared to sin yirat haromamut because they are fully focused on the fact that God is with them all the time. Now, if a person was fully focused to the fact that God is with them all the time, and God is in the room with them, and God is walking with them, and God is in the street with them, and God is in shul with them, then it, go, it goes without saying that this would fundamentally affect the way we behave. How could we possibly think or concern ourselves with doing something which, which would be simply not relevant in the presence of God. It's very hard. And as we've said countless times in these sessions over the summer, it, it's, it's even harder for us because we are so not focused. We are so not focused to our reality. Uh, we have so many things disturbing us. You're standing in front of God and you're really embarrassed, but you're about to pray in front of God Almighty. And this is, this is a positive Yura. You know, when you're afraid something is going to happen, you're afraid of punishment. It's not because you think positively of the one who's going to punish you. It's because you're scared. This fear is nothing to do with being scared. It's being in awe. This is the type of yurat that we're talking about. And there, there, there are two types of this yura, right? He says... There is Yirat Haromamut Bashat Masel Bashat Havoda Ha There's a time when you're about to do something and you become aware of God, you're in awe of God. Either when you're about to daven or Bashashim is about to do a sin and you've suddenly become aware of God. But there is another type of Yirat Remember, two and three are the same types, but they're just slightly different. 
And this is all the time that, that you are simply aware of God as you walk in the streets and as you sit at home and whenever you open your mouth, it's like God is sitting in the lounge with you. And uh, this, this totally redefines our life if you're on this level, right? You, you would simply be a, a very quiet... Uh, um, humble person. If you really reach this level, we would never sin, right? Because we would be aware, fully aware of, of God's presence. You'd be walking around in, in, in awe of the fact that God is by your side. And of course you would never sin. In the same way that you would never sin if your Rosh Hashiva was standing next to you. Wherever you go, whatever you were doing, he was right next to you. You wouldn't do anything. That's, that's the reality of every angel. That because they are aware of God's presence, they are totally uh, focused. He speaks about the, the, the a river of perspiration that comes from Melachim who are so in fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he says this, this type of fear, as we've said, is, is two. One is in the present and the future. And there's another which is the past. Uh, not only are you in fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu here and now, you're in fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that, of mistakes you've made in the past. in the present, that you're, you're in fear of what you're doing or what you're about to do. That you're, you're living in regret of things that you've done in the past. And uh, it's a madrega. It's a real madrega, right? That you're, you're, you are continually aware, not just of your accountability, because that's punishment, but you're aware of the, of the seriousness of your, your reality in this world. That you are walking through this world with HaKadosh Baruch Hu by your side. Uh, and of course, we, we live our lives with an enormous amount of frivolity, with an enormous amount of joking and, and kalut rosh. And uh, that's, that's why he says, Iyov, remember Iyov, when he did the Mishta for his sons right at the beginning, Hayam Ashkim Mispar Kulam Ki That after he had the... Uh, the uh, feast, he, he wanted to do kapara in case he'd done something wrong. You know, to this day there is a minhag, which they used to hold by in the yeshiva here in Alon Shvud, that after Chagim, after the months of Tishrei and Nisan, uh, they would follow the minhag of Bet Hei Bet. Not fully, I'll explain. Bet Hei Bet are a Monday, Thursday and a Monday after Nisan, or a Monday, Thursday and Monday after Tishrei, where essentially you say, Slichot at Shacharit, and you fast. And what is the uh, source of this minhag? The source of this minhag is that perhaps during your festive celebration in Pesach or on Sukkot, you erred, you did, you did something wrong. And therefore you have these, um, these days of Beit Hei Beit that take place 
uh, at that time. And he gives the whole story of Moshe and Aaron, how they, they, they felt that they, maybe they had sinned in, in something that they had done. And um, Avram Avinu, right, when he went to fight, and he, he gets back, and Hashem says, Al-Tira Avram, uh, do not fear. And uh, Rabbi Levi says, Lefisha Avram mit pached v'omer ben kol ochlusin she'arakti. Maybe I killed someone who was here. You know, he thought about his actions. Why is this at the end of the book? Uh, it, it, it's towards the end of the book, you know, the penultimate chapters, because what it's, the, the picture that it's painting is awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Uh, and again, you, you cannot repeat it enough times. Our awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is totally dependent on our frame of mind. And if, if we are all the time... It, you know, I, I've told you this story a number of times, that, that during Corona, when we were uh, isolating right at the beginning, and the Minyanim were, we had Minyanim here outside, and, but I, I, Mamesh, I didn't go to the Rava from Adar until Erev Shurus. I wasn't in the Rova. Well, it's the longest time I've not been in the Rova for 30 years. What a zechut that is to be able to say that reality. Uh, and uh, I was around at home and, and someone came up to me and said, you probably enjoy this, right? You like this because it's isolation, you're not with people. And so I said, no. I, I said, no. He said, well, why not? This is utopia for you. I said, it's not utopia because I don't have Yishuv Hadas. Because I'm worried. Because I'm worried about my Pardas, I'm worried when we're going to bring the students back. I'm worried about a lot of stuff here. You know, I've got to feed my family and then we don't know what's going to be with the Midrash. A lot of real things that are worrying me. So I don't have Yishuv Adas. Uh, what we do have a lot of today is Heisech Adas. Uh, the, 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 das, what, what differentiates a human being from an animal? We're not Winnie the Pooh. We're not Simba. We, we, we're human beings. We're Tzermel But What differentiates us is Das, is is our minds and, and the seriousness of who we are. We're not monkeys swinging around in a tree making stupid noises. We are human beings with the, the image of God. And today we have a lot of Hesechada. We have a lot of... A, a lot of our lives is, is not focused. And therefore we say stupid things, we do stupid things because of this lack of... And that's what Yirat Hashem is. So this is the high level of Yerat Hashem, is painting a picture of a human being whose entire reality involves God standing by his side uh, and, and the person being aware of that. You know the famous story of the Chofetz Chaim where he got a ride with someone and the guy pulls up his wagon by an orchard and he says to the Chofetz Chaim, he didn't know it was the Chofetz Chaim, he says to the Chofetz Chaim, listen, there are some beautiful oranges in this orchard I'm going to go and take some. Uh, you stand guard by the fence, and if anyone's coming, scream out so that I can, I can run away and, and just act normally. So the man walks into the orchard, and uh, the Chofetz Chaim screams, hey, wait, 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 someone's coming, someone's coming. And uh, the man runs out, he says, oh, well, they've got, okay, I'll try again. It happens two or three times. And then the man kind of gets upset with the Chofetz Chaim. He says, well, you drive me crazy for it. There's no one here. To which the Chofetz Chaim says, no, here. he sees it all the time. And there are many, many comments in Chazal that refer to the fact the difference between a Ghana and a Ghazlan, right, that someone steals in the day. 
he he doesn't fear man or God. Uh, so he steals at night. He fears he fears man, but he doesn't fear God. And, uh, and we we do, don't we? We, you know that that bracha that the the uh, the rabbis asked from Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai on his deathbed, and I think it's in brachot. And Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says to him, Hal, uh, says to them, Halavai, you should fear man. You should fear God as you fear man. And uh, his Talmidim was shot. That's it. You know, those are, are the words of wisdom that you have heard, he said. If you can manage that, that would be pretty good. Really, if, if, if we were as aware of God's existence as we were of man's, just that, that would be a mandrega. Again, it, it, on, on a subject which is a little foreign to you, right? But when you're talking about doubling from the Amud, uh, some of you have done it, right? Because you sometimes do Kabbalat Shabbat at the Midrashah and you have a chazanit who leads you. Generally, when, you know, and I can be honest, I can be, uh, confess about myself, if you're ever at the Amud, and I'm very rarely at the Amud, you are very, very preoccupied with whether it sounds okay. You're not preoccupied whether it sounds okay with God. You're preoccupied whether it sounds okay with the Kahira or with the people who are listed. And of course, this is this is a nonsense, right? Because we're praying to God. So, what does it matter whether the Kehila enjoyed my David didn't enjoy my David? Did God enjoy my David? You know, I have this uh, saying. I always say when people ask me after Rosh Hashanah, after Yom Kippur, how was David? I say, well, time will tell. But how do we define? Well, what's what's the question? How was David? Does it mean did the Kehila enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? Uh, the only real meaning of the question, how is Dabli, is, well, well, did you, was, what is effective? Was it effective? Were you able to, to have your prayers heard by Kodesh Baruch? And the only possible answer you could give to that question is time will tell. I, I hope so. Time will tell, but I don't know. What certainly isn't the religious essence of the question, how is Dabli, or whether you, you sang nicely or not. What's that going to do with Dabli? You know, and that's why the Chazal were very, very emphatic on who a Shaliach Sibu should be. All coming back to the same point from different angles of, of how much we're, we're bothered with human beings, what human beings think, but but we are not in the slightest bit interested in what Akosh Baruch thinks. And, and that's why this is such a high madrega, because it means living your life uh, with a certain awareness of of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's existence and involvement around you, you know, I, I think I said it a few shirim ago. If in the in the, in the days where Rabbi Fishtin, that soul was alive, if girls had ever wanted to see a different Rav Milson, a different Rav Shames, a different Rav Yonatan, they would have asked Rabbi Fishtin to walk into the midrasha. And the minute he walked into the midrasha, you you would have seen three people. Simply shut up, you know, simply shut up their mouths and, and, and lower their heads and uh, you would see totally different people because their Rebbe was, it was, it was there. Their Rebbe was, was in the Midrasha and uh, the awareness of his being there with you uh, will change your behavior because, because you immediately become more focused and more, and more directed. So Kavachom, Bebenoshel Kavachom, if you're talking about a Kodesh Baruch Hu, right? If you're talking about a Kodesh Baruch Hu, then it's very, very clear that your, your awareness of, of HaKodesh Baruch Hu's existence, which is reflected by Yirat HaKhet, 
but you are concerned all the time whether you did the right thing or the wrong thing. This is clearly a fundamental uh, change in the quality of our lives, and it turns our lives into something that Ramchal spoke about right at the beginning of the book, uh, and it's not the way of the West, it's not the way of the world, it turns our life into a very, very intense, focused existence. And this is not the norm that you or I are used to. We, we enjoy the laid back, easy, and if it's too tense, it's too much for me, I need I cannot deal with the tension. Uh, but, but that isn't why we came to this world. We came to this world to serve Akush Baruch Hu. And I think if you reach a high enough madrega, you can, you can enjoy this intensity and, and uh, have a very, very formidable relationship with Akush Baruch Hu. But if you spend your life in Hesach in things that remove, like it says in Mafsidei Hazirut, which talks about the Chevra, right, when it, they remove your seriousness, remove your focus, then you can't get to your Hashem. Because God isn't tangible. You know, if, if, if my Rebbe walks into, or my Weinberger walks into my study, you know, I, I'll stand up and I'll become aware of everything in the room and see whether there's anything in the room that offends him or isn't Matim. But God, God isn't tangible, right? So to, to be focused on the fact that God is in the room with you, you need to be very, very focused. So that is this chapter, chapter 24. And uh, we have chapter 25 to do Be'ezrat Hashem tomorrow, which is possessing this year. And then we get to the climax of the book, Perik Esrim Vesheish, which Be'ezrat Hashem will do on Tuesday, which deals with the uh, the highest possible Midah, the Midah of Kedusha. Have a good day.